Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, beautiful people. Welcome to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. Today is going to be all about the common mistakes that stop us from getting more clients and growing our business. I'm going to talk about mistakes that I've made, mistakes that some of my clients have made, or, you know, people I know or friends in the online industry. Um, So you don't have to make those mistakes or maybe you can realize that you are making one of these mistakes and you can change your course of action so you can get better results. Now, before we jump in, um, quick... I have a quick question or rather I want you to ask you a quick favor is if you have someone you know that could benefit from listening to this podcast I would absolutely be so 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 grateful if you could share the podcast with one or two people who could benefit from you know business marketing manifestation and mindset it helps the podcast so much and I would be super super grateful. So this was it with the favor, let's start the podcast now. Today we're going to talk about uh, six, I think, six or seven aspects. I'm going to give you a quick overview. So we're going to talk about not having a specific enough niche, um, feeling like we need to figure everything out on our own, um, feeling that we need to be an expert before we can start helping clients, which is something that held me back for so long and holds many people back for very long. Uh, Another common mistake is not having a super clear offer that gives a super clear result. This is one of the things that can make or break Uh, a like starting or growing a business another aspect is not packaging our services or poorly packaging our services and last but not least not being persistent for long enough slash niche hopping slash shiny object syndrome which I kind of put in one category as you know because I want, (laughs) because I can and because it's relevant of course so I'm going to go through all of these aspects one by one Starting with not having a specific enough niche. Now, this is such a common thing when, especially when we start the business, we have massive FOMO, so fear of missing out, and we don't really want to settle for one thing for various reasons. Uh, The most common explanation or reason is that people feel that they will get bored if they settle with one thing, uh, or that it doesn't make sense to them to exclude such a big chunk of the market by niching down into like one specific area because they're like you know if you are an RTG therapist uh, or EFT therapist or you know therapist altogether or you don't even have to be a therapist a coach a service provider we sometimes feel oh my god like with the skills that I have and with the tools I have I can help so many people with so many different issues and I'll have to settle for one um which is kind of, it really feels like you're saying no to almost the entire planet and only saying yes to a handful of people, which usually makes us not have a niche. But then it's a vicious circle because if you don't have a niche and you speak to everyone, you speak to no one, and that can keep you stuck for a very long time. Now, we're not here to enter a debate of should we take a niche, should you not take a niche, blah, blah, blah. This is not the point of this episode. We can talk about that in a different one, um, you know, soon. But 
to address it very quickly so we can get it out of the way, can you be successful without a niche? Yes. Are there people out there who are successful and who don't really have a niche? Yes. Do I recommend it? No. Because, first of all, some people who have a lot of momentum now started 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Things were very different back then, right? You could get a, you could get away way more with having a very broad niche um, and still get clients. Whereas if you're aspiring to grow an online business, and not only online, right, but for this, the sake of this example, an online business, there are many people out there, which does not mean that the market is overcrowded. This is just a limiting belief, but it means that there is a lot of content being posted every day. And if you want people to notice and remember you, you need to be memorable and noticeable. And the way you do that is by having one area of specialization that people remember you for, aka having a goddamn niche, okay? And then once you get momentum, once you get a few clients, once you know you're starting to make more money, you can uh, increase the people like the the types of issues you work with, or you can just broaden your uh, areas of specialization, right? So just because you started with one thing doesn't mean you can't ever do something else, but the more momentum you have and the easier it is to reach more people in different areas of life or for different, you know, service purposes. So when you don't have a specific enough niche, people don't really remember you for what you do, or they think that you're not an expert at what you do, because if you were an expert, you would have been an expert in one thing. And that's kind of the definition of being an, like an expert. When you think of an expert, it's someone who's specialized in one thing. It's kind of the natural definition that comes to our mind. Thus, even if it's not true, by not having a niche when you get started, people will have a bias of thinking that you aren't an expert at what you do. Because if you were, then you would have niched down into something. It doesn't mean it's true, but it's just a psychological thing that happens in people's mind, right? And to give you a concrete example, when I got started, um, I took like, I gave quite a few free sessions um, in RTT, which stands for Rapid Transformational Therapy, if you're not... Um, uh, familiar with the term so I am trained in rapid transformational therapy which is an amazing modality that you know uses a very complex form of hypnosis as well as other modalities to get to the bottom of an issue directly at the subconscious level and shift the energy and shift the limiting belief or block or you know whatever it is so you can transform your life pretty fast so back then when I was still training um I gave quite a few free sessions to not only like friends or people I knew, but also fellow RTT practitioners or people who were learning the method. And that was a very good way of kind of identifying what I really liked to do and what I didn't like to do that much. And I thought two years ago, two, three years ago, before I started like, yeah, two years ago, that I wanted to do depression and weight issues as I had struggled with both. Uh, and binge eating etc but I just realized that it wasn't the right niche for me um, because you know just my experience doesn't mean it's true but I felt that the people who were coming to me kind of expected me to do everything for them so to save them and they weren't actively participating in the process so it wasn't for me but you know I have clients who do depression and weight and they're very successful so I don't want to tell you not to, to pick those niches if that's what you're interested in anyhow 
going on a tangent. Uh, but after a while, I realized that the people I really liked to work with all had something in common, and that was that they were very ambitious, very smart, and they had this one thing that was bothering them. So sometimes, I don't know, it was a skin issue, or they couldn't find Mrs. or Mr. Right, or they had back pain, or it was anxiety or burnout. So the common denominator of these people is that was that they were highly ambitious, super smart, taking full responsibility for their life and be they were real willing to change but they had this one thing missing and it was like yay I have a niche it's people who have this one thing that are missing that they want but then I quickly realized that it's completely vague so the type of person I wanted to work with was very specific but the issue itself could have been literally everything and it would have been very difficult to market that online. So how do I introduce myself? Hey, I'm Ines and I help people who are super ambitious and smart solve that one thing that's not really going right in their life like eczema or anxiety or weight or like it didn't really make sense and I wasn't really going anywhere with that. And when I finally, you know, went back and forth, up and down, left and right. I chose imposter syndrome and I want you to I want you to know right now that I did not have a aha moment of oh my god this is my niche I feel so excited it was more out of kind of exhaustion and just wanting to pick something so I could finally get started and start posting content on social media on one specific topic and imposter syndrome was one of the five finalists and I just picked that um and it was, it completely changed my business and my income. And then I grew exponentially from there. So mistake number one, not having a specific specific enough niche. One of the rules of thumb uh, when you know you have a pretty specific niche is when you can say who you help and what you help them solve. So for example, uh, I help teenagers overcome anxiety without medication or I help female entrepreneurs make 5k within uh, six, 12 months or less. Or I help, you know, high-flying fi high female entrepreneurs smash imposter syndrome so they can scale their aligned business by chilling out more and working less. So that is pretty specific. And if you can, you know, present what you do in a pretty concise elevator pitch, you probably have a specific enough niche. Second common mistake is feeling we need to figure out everything on our own. And this is a very typical sign of imposter syndrome. So if you've listened to last week's um, podcast episode, uh, we I briefly talked about this. But I basically wasted six months trying to figure out everything on my own because I thought, if I'm smart, then I don't need anyone's help. Wow, well done, Ines, well done. <laughs> lesson in humility so that was the ego speaking of course and I mean looking back I kind of have compassion for that version of me who thought that because I came I had just come out of six years of studies so I have a bachelor's degree in management and management and finance and master's degree in accounting and finance from some of the most competitive universities in Europe and the world actually and it was kind of the hunger games so you were always competing with everyone else because there were a very limited amount of spots that, you know, that were available. So the first year I started university, we were like a thousand people and only three or four hundred would be accepted for second year. And there was this constant pressure of having to be smart, having to figure, out, figure it out on your own and figure it out fast. 
uh, because people didn't really want to help each other out. It's not completely true, like small groups would help each other out, but basically any everyone else in the uh, classroom or in the... I don't know how you call them, like these huge classrooms at university, was potentially someone who would take your spot. Which, again, looking back and knowing what I know about abundance in the universe doesn't make sense anymore. But back then, I was like, if I'm not smarter than XYZ, they're going to take my spot, right? So admitting that I didn't understand something or that I couldn't do something on my own was like a threat to me completing my studies back then and I kind of took that mentality over in my business when I got started and I was like I want to build this on my own I want to be proud of myself I want to be successful on my own I don't need anybody's anybody's help um you know I have a brain I can use it and I'm intelligent and if other people could do it so can I (laughs) which to some extent is true but it was just it just could I have figured it out on my own yes probably But it would have taken so freaking long that it's just not worth it. And I wasted, successfully wasted a good six months uh, trying to get my face-to-face therapy business off the ground and didn't really get anywhere. And I eventually got tired of stagnating and not really have any consistent income uh, or any income really that could pay for my bills. And I finally invested in eventually three marketing programs over six months I think and then you know the business grew exponentially so the advice for you is stay in your zone of genius so maybe your zone of genius is helping people with their relationship maybe it's creating beautiful websites maybe you're an RTT or EFT therapist maybe you you help people you know uh, with their interior design whatever your niche is or the niche you're going to pick after listening to this episode, stay in your zone of genius, accept that you do you, you deliver your magic in whatever you're doing, and it is completely okay, and it's even a a sign of strength and resourcefulness of being willing to let other people who've been there, done that, help you so you don't have to figure it out on your own. And an important point to add to that is... When we don't get help, when we don't hire a coach or invest in the program that we need because we want to figure something out on our own or because we think we don't have the thought, we think we don't have the money, etc. One of the risks um, that I was lucky enough not really to experience, like it would have come eventually, but I, I was good, but many of my clients have experienced is that the, the more time you spend trying and not getting where you want to be, it's ultimately it's going to affect your confidence or it's going to be very difficult to fight the voice in our mind that says well I should have succeeded by now it's been like a year or two years and I've been trying and it's not working like that voice is going to get more and more powerful and the more time we let go by without gaining momentum or kind of stagnating because we're not getting help the more it's going to affect our confidence and the hardest it's going to be to actually be successful because we either don't really believe it anymore or we've been trying and not succeeding for so long that it really affects our vibe and our energy levels, etc, etc. So it's literally doubly setting ourselves up for failure of trying to figure it out on our own and not investing because one, you could be so much faster by investing in the right person and number two, the more time we linger not really succeeding and the more, the greater the risk of losing confidence about it. 
Now, mistake, common mistake number three is feeling like we need to be an expert before we can help clients. So for such a long time, I've seen, well, myself in the past and people constantly trying to get more knowledge and training to make sure that they are completely ready, right? So, oh, I need more knowledge and training and this web design course before I can take a client and design design their website because what if they ask me to do this thing and I can't do it? Or I'm going to take this additional life coaching um, certification in addition to my RTT, certifi- RTT certification because what if someone help like ask something that I can't answer, so I'll just take this extra certification. And this can go on and on and on. And it's linked to imposter syndrome too, not necessarily just imposter syndrome, but it can be, where we just wait and wait and wait to get more knowledge, more training, more this, more that, before we feel ready or before we feel like we are allowed, as if there was like this morality police right allowed or legit in helping our clients and it often comes from a great place of you know having high ethics and wanting to make sure that we want to serve our clients at the highest level which is amazing don't get me wrong but the problem with that is that we actually never feel ready until we jump in it's like your first day of school you technically never really feel ready for your first day of school when you were a kid but your mom drops you off or your dad or whoever And, you know, it's the first day of school and you can't not go, right? So you just go and then you jump in the cold water and swim. So sometimes it's a bit difficult, first day, second day, first week, and then we get used to it and it's fine. Same goes with you and your clients. You'll never feel ready, right? It will always be a bit nerve-wracking to either work with your very first client or work work with your first client who paid you 10k so kind of fooling yourself into thinking that once you've acquired enough knowledge you'll finally feel ready is kind of like telling an an uh, athlete once they've read 150 books about how to play tennis or how to play football or how to ski then they will be ready to ski Like it doesn't work like that. You need to practice. You need to actually do your craft or your skills or therapy or coaching or whatever. And as you do, and as you work with people, that's how you become an expert and get more knowledge, more experience and more resourceful. And you kind of, you know, become a a sharper knife in the kitchen drawer and you can help people with more problems as you gain more experience, um, which is really going to help you. And, you know, before I launched my very first three-month program, I had never had a three-month program, right? Chicken and egg thing. So I worked with uh, people. I gave free sessions on imposter syndrome to quite a few people before I launched my program. And then, you know, they were getting very good results. They were super happy. And while working, you know, for free against testimonial with a number of people, I kind of started to see patterns. I understood what they were struggling with, what they wanted and doing ITT and hypnosis with them. I started to see things that um, came up again and again. And after a while, I was like, okay, I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust uh, energy and the power of the subconscious mind. It's not all on my shoulders, but the power of the subconscious mind is infinite. I just deeply believe in that so I knew I had great tools to help people and it was not all on my shoulders but I knew that you know 
if you have a great process, then there's no reason why people shouldn't get results and results. And that's when I decided to launch my three-month program that was 3600 The very first program I ever launched when I started my online business was $3,600. And I, I got like 15 clients for that program throughout um, less than a year. And I just did it. And was I freaked out the first time someone actually bought the program? Yeah, I had like this moment where I was like, oh my God, what if they don't get results? What happens if they ask me a question I can't answer? Or what if we do like, I don't know, we want to tackle, let's say, procrastination or anxiety and it doesn't work. And I had a, a massive, oh my God moment and I wanted to stop everything and refund them and like just, you know, uh, jump under my blanket and never come out. But I was like, no, it's going to be fine. It's one step at a time. Let's do a session, see how it goes and adjust from there instead of running all of these horror movies in my mind for a problem that doesn't even exist yet and everything was fine and they were super, super happy. Um, point number four, common mistake number four that stop us from getting clients and growing our business is not having a super clear offer with clear results. So let's imagine that you have successfully picked your niche. Congratulations that you're putting yourself out there, that you're not waiting a gazillion years before putting an offer out there. Now, if the offer isn't clear or if the results, like most importantly, if the results or the solution we are pro providing is not clear or is too plain vanilla or is boring or talks about the process, we are not going to get to Rome either. So concrete example, let's just say that um, you are, let me find an example real quick. Uh, let's just say that you are um, a marketing coach, right? Just for the purpose of this example. Now, you can talk about marketing and the different things all related to marketing and the four P's in marketing, like that's something I saw at university a gazillion years ago. don't even know if it's relevant <laughs> still, but if you drown people with technical knowledge or, you know how to optimize their hashtags or how many reels a week to post or what they need, how to write a caption. Like all of those things, of course, are going to be super useful to some extent. But people, so clients who search for marketing coaches, what they really want is clients and money. They don't give a fuck about marketing, right? Marketing is the vehicle that is going to bring them to their goal but it's not the goal in itself. So if we bore people talking about marketing or talking about marketing terms that they don't even know, like if we say, oh, more attraction marketing with no like and trust, which, you know, is an amazing concept, but someone has never known or heard of no like and trust and attraction, attraction marketing, it's just not going to resonate with them. Whereas if I say something like, hey, I'm Ines and I'm a marketing coach. So what I do is I help uh, entrepreneurs uh, make themselves visible and post content that deeply resonates with their audience so they can turn followers into clients without sending cold messages. 
That's pretty clear, right? So people who are searching for a marketing coach, what they want is more clients and money. So we need to make sure that our offer is going to speak to those results and the solution. The solution that people want is a simple and applicable marketing plan that is not going to overwhelm them and that is going to bring them more clients and not going to take 12 hours a day to implement. That's what they want. So you need to be super clear with your offer and most importantly the benefits and the solution that your offer is going to give them and not like boring benefits and solutions that people don't really care about but the ultimate result they absolutely want so other example with imposter syndrome if i say hey i help people you know overcome imposter syndrome it's going to resonate it's not bad it's not awful it's not terrible But people want to overcome imposter syndrome so they can grow their business and get more clients or so they can feel bold and confident when applying for that position, right? Per se, it's not really imposter syndrome that they are that interested in. So of course, yes, it's the vehicle that's going to bring them to their goal. But if I said to someone, hey, Uh, I have this amazing three-month program and it's all about conquering imposter syndrome and at the end you won't have imposter syndrome anymore but you won't have clients either like people don't care like they're like yeah cool like conquering imposter syndrome is amazing but what is even more amazing is the result that is going to be that come after that which is getting more clients and growing my business so you need to make sure that you are talking about the end result that people want and usually it's better health more money, better relationships, and being happier. Like that is a very concise way of putting things or like connecting with the higher power. Like it's going to also be spiritual where people want to connect with something um, higher than them. Um, Common mistake number five, which, you know, might or might not be that much of a huge mistake depending on the situation but let me get like let me explain and then you can make your own opinion is not packaging our services and that this kind of goes with the point we've just made before of not having a super clear offer with clear results so when I started my business and I was a RTT and EFT therapist which I love and I'm still are still am to some greater great extent but not quite in the same way as I used to um I used to sell single sessions right so people would come to me and say oh I I want to lose weight or I want to stop smoking or I have anxiety or you know whatever and then we do single sessions and the main reason why I only did single sessions is because I believed that they wouldn't pay for more so it came from a place of it didn't come from a place of doing what was what I felt was best for them and for their transformation, but more from a place of limitation and fear that they couldn't afford or wouldn't want a longer program. Now, in some cases, people don't need that much, right? Sometimes they just need one session or they need one power hour or one specific service. Like if you do, I don't know, Uh, search engine optimization for someone's website or if you create landing pages or email automations it might be that they just need like this single thing et voila end of the discussion which is completely fine but often people need more support than just a single session to really get the result they wish so if I had someone coming for weight could they lose weight with one RTT session 
yes, if they were extremely thorough with, you know, listening to their recording and not listening to the voice in their head that said that they can't, etc. But the reality of the fact of the matter was that ideally these people would have needed at least maybe two or three sessions or at least some sort of support in between. So when they had a bad, bad day or when they had extra questions or when something popped up, they could have support and not lose all of the momentum that they had just gained, right? Same went with imposter syndrome. When I started working with people who had imposter syndrome, they never came with just one issue. So they didn't say like, oh, um, I'm afraid with visibility, but all of the rest is fine. Usually they had at least three things that were bothering them. So for example, they couldn't make themselves visible, they were undercharging, and they felt that they weren't an expert enough. Or they couldn't follow their intuition, or they were procrastinate, uh, procrastinating, and they felt like a fraud. So often it came like under the imposter syndrome umbrella, there were several aspects that needed to be dealt with. And realistically, I just couldn't do that in one session. It was just not possible because your subconscious mind, you know, focuses on one thing at a time. And yeah, it was too much to unpack in one session. But because I was afraid that they wouldn't want to pay for more or that they couldn't afford it, I gave like one, like I, g I gave single sessions, which many people were super happy with, but they needed more. And that kept me stuck in a very low income for such a long time. Because let's imagine for the sake of this example that I charged 300 bucks for like a two-hour RTT session, which I did. Um, and if I want to make 3,000 a month, which is not much, like with Swiss costs, it would have been barely enough to pay for just the bare minimum of like rent, insurance, food. Um, it means that I need 10 clients a month paying me 300 um, Swiss francs, which is the same as dollars pretty much, to make those 3,000. And then I would need 10 extra people the next month to make those 3,000, etc., etc., etc. Now, when you have momentum and when you have people recommending you, that is fine. But when you just got started, either with your face-to-face -face business or on social media, getting 10 clients a month is a lot, right? It's not easy to get there super fast. You will get there eventually, of course, but getting there super fast is not easy, which means that you're just not going to make enough money. Whereas if you have a program which includes like three or four sessions and it's, <clears throat> sorry, a two or three month program and it costs 1,500 or three grand or five grand, really doesn't matter. You only need to find one or two new clients a month to keep your head above the water. So by not packaging my services, not only was I uh, was it a disservice to my clients because they were not getting results as good as they could have got if they had had more support for a longer amount of time. And I was keeping myself and my business stuck at an income level where I couldn't invest in help um, and I was just kind of in limbo, just barely making enough to pay my bills, sometimes not even, and then being afraid that people wouldn't afford more, blah, 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 which just kept me stuck. And when you don't package your services, last but not least, it's so much harder to talk about tangible results. So can I realistically promise that someone is going to you know, stop binge eating or lose weight or get rid of their anxiety after one session, like, no, 
Like, I could not feel good doing that. It wouldn't be ethical. Maybe in some cases it would be enough, but the majority of cases would need more help. Whereas when I started packet, when I started to package my services and had my three-month imposter syndrome terminator program, with which had in total like 10 or 12 calls, I knew that within those three months we could get so much done and so much accomplished that it was a walk in the park to go online and do lives and let my people know, listen, in three months, in only 90 days, you could be imposter syndrome free, charging what you want to be charging, doing lives, making yourself visible without any fears or anxiety, and talk about your services with perfect confidence and start getting more clients. And I was very confident about that. And because I was confident, and because I believed in the solution, and because I knew that within three months, there was enough time to help someone get there. It was so effortless to talk about my offer and kind of have a lot of peace knowing that people would actually get there and that's also why it was very easy to find clients. And last but not least, not being persistent for long enough slash niche hopping slash shiny object syndrome. So the reason why we do that, the reasons could be many, but Usually, it's when we are afraid either of failure or of success, we kind of half-ass whatever we are doing, right? So we say, okay, I'm going to pick a niche, I'm going to do like, I don't know, whatever, like helping people to grow tomatoes in their garden, for example, like gardening niche. And then we do that for a few weeks, for a few months, we kind of post on social media, we're kind of consistent, but not really that consistent, let's be honest. And we don't really get traction, we don't get clients, or if someone said something mean on a post, it kind of ruffled our feathers. And then we're like, yeah, no, I'm going to pick a different niche. This is actually, you know, it's not floating my boat. So now I'm going to do how to grow, you know, I don't know, blueberries or how to uh, prune your trees or whatever. Like something same, same, but different, like similar feel, but not quite, or something completely different, like how to train your dog so it don't so it doesn't run after like elderly people in the street. So now you basically start from scratch again because new niche means you have to start all over again because the the previous people who were following you for tomatoes are not going to be interesting in your dog training course unless they have a dog. So you basically start from scratch all over again and you do that for 3 or 5 or 6 months and again Fear of failure means that you're not really putting yourself out there the way you want, or you're not posting the content you'd like to be posting. You're not really doing the things you knew you know you sh- you could be doing to really move the needle. And after six months, you change niche again, and that's a vicious circle of never gaining momentum and never getting off the ground. And then you fool yourself into thinking that people don't want your program, that you're not good enough, that you're just not meant to have an online business, that you can't be successful, that success is only for other people, that you don't have what it takes, that your mean aunt was right when she said you would never amount to anything, blah, 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 blah. Not because it's true, but because you successfully sabotage yourself, right? Because that part of you that is trying to protect you made you hop from niche to niche, And your people are interested in you, but you never gave them an opportunity to really connect with you at a deeper level, and you didn't give them enough time to really connect with you and connect with whatever you are doing. A confused audience doesn't buy. Always remember this. Uh, Or sometimes it's shiny object where we start with business coaching because everyone says business coaching is easy, and then it's not as easy as we think, so then we switch to 
uh, money blocks because everyone wants to make more money, but then it doesn't work. So then we switch to this other thing that is going to be so easy, like how to go on TikTok. And then we basically hop and hop and hop, shiny object syndrome, never settle for something. And it's just not sustainable. And one of the mechanisms I have observed is people who know that they can be super successful and part of them is afraid of the success. Maybe some people will get jealous, maybe they will lose people in their life or maybe, you know, it's scary to the idea of being successful and potentially losing it. So each time they gain a bit of momentum and start getting clients, they kind of change niches and they have to start from scratch again. And they don't really, they aren't aware of them, but it's just a very subtle protection slash sabotage mechanism where when you don't feel good enough or you feel like a fraud, you never go full in, you never put yourself out there the way you know you could, or there is a lot of resistance and, you know, energetically it's not really aligned. So people don't reach out to you yet, not because you're not good enough, not because they don't like your offer, not because, you know, for some reason that your mind is trying to to bully you with, but just because our energy or our fears are basically creating this energetic shield around us that is stopping people from coming in. And then we fool ourselves into thinking, oh, well, people are not reaching out, they're not buying my program, they're not interested in my content because something is wrong with me or because I don't have what it takes. But that is not true. People are not reaching out to you because energetically, part of you is trying to protect you against something that you're very afraid of, part of you is trying to protect you from failure and thus you're holding yourself back, you're not being authentic, your content is kind of plain vanilla, you know, you don't want to ruffle any feathers. So basically the actions you're taking are setting you for stagnation or failure, not because you can't do it, just because the actions or the energy is off, but then you still take it as evidence that you're not good enough or that you can't be successful. And then you hop niches to try something new. And this can go on for years. I've seen people, you know, they're at their sixth niche three years later and they're still stagnating because they didn't settle for something. And another mechanism I observe is that if you change niches, then it's easier to say, oh, well, I never got successful or I didn't get clients because I completely changed my niche. It didn't feel aligned, which could be true. And if it's true, congratulations for, you know, having the gut, the courage to change it. But some people, they don't want to face failure. So what they do is that they never go, they never go full in or they change their niche, you know, every three, six, 12 months. So when it's not working, they blame it on the niche. They're like, oh yeah, well, I don't have clients because I just changed my niche and it was so hard, but it's something I had to do because it wasn't aligned. And then they say the exact same thing six months later and six months later and six months later, six months later, because it's easier to kind of say, well, the reason I'm not successful is because I had to change my niche rather than I tried and it didn't work, which would be more painful. So of course, it doesn't work ultimately, right? Because by changing niches all of the time, you're hurting your business more than trying for a longer period. But deep down, you know, part of us doesn't want to face trying really hard and not succeeding. So it's easier to kind of shift directions and not really try as hard. So at least we don't have to uh, blame it on ourselves. So these were the six main mistakes that people make when it comes to getting clients and growing their business. 
to summarize super quick, number one was not having a specific enough niche because when we talk to everyone, we talk to no one. Uh, and in the beginning, it's super important to be very clear. Number two is feeling like we need to figure out everything on our own and not getting the help or convincing ourselves that we should be doing this on our own. Otherwise, it means we are stupid or whatever. Number three, mistake number three is feeling we need to be an expert before we can help clients. So we need more certifications, more this, more that, instead of just freaking getting started. Um, because that cycle can last for years. I have met people who have not been feeling ready for like one or two years and that are still waiting for the moment that they're going to feel ready, but they will never feel ready. You just have to jump in the cold water and swim. Number four is not having a super clear offer with clear results or speaking to something like selling a result that people don't really care about instead of focusing on what they really want. So again, you know, People who buy marketing programs want more clients. They don't want marketing, they want clients and marketing. Oh, there was a loud noise outside. Um, and marketing is the vehicle that is going to get them to the result they want. Okay, point number five. I hope you didn't hear that outside. Something, some sort of firework or whatever. Point number five is not packaging our services. In some cases... Maybe you don't need that, so take it with a grain of salt. But usually not packaging our services is just recipe for low-income months, difficult clients, having to find more clients than is realistically achievable and not quite feeling comfortable or confident in selling a specific result because with single sessions or by not packaging our services, we don't give ourselves and our clients enough time to get like an amazing transformation. And point number six or mistake number six is not being persistent for long enough or like niche hopping or shiny object syndrome. So this was it for today. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. If you want more content like this, more business or marketing related content, which I can definitely do, send me a DM on Instagram. There's a link in bio to let me know. And thank you so much for tuning in today and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inespadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.